Okay, let's look at our, our passage. We are, are still in uh, Proverbs chapter 26. And um, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. As the dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. So we wonder why fools keep doing the same thing over and over again. Okay, this is one of the verses that explains why. Okay, as a dog fails to be disgusted by his own vomit. Now you would you would probably hear about something that a, a fool does and you'd be disgusted by it. And uh, and to think that they would even repeat that. It's just unthinkable. But this word tells us it happens. It happens all the time. Okay? And you've heard stories about criminals who broke in a place and got stuck and they call nine one one. Uh, because they break in somebody's place and they try to get out and they get stuck in the chimney or get stuck in whatever and they call 911. You know, um, the stupid, foolish, idiotic things that the criminals do. You had to report them wrong? Yes. <laughs> A friend told me one time that someone was up in their tree, one of the trees, the fruit trees, and picking food and everything, and then they saw the dog. They were already up there, then the dog came by and said, Oh, just. Tell your dog, tell the dog, move, move. <laughs> my dog, move, is doing his job. What do you think the dog is there for? Yeah, until the police comes. Oh, no, 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 let me down, let me down. Nope. You did. You did. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I just wanted to mind, I'm not going to be here next Sunday. I don't know if it's going to be for two Sundays or but I'm not going to be here for that Sunday. Okay, so. so. And I will remind him, I'm not here, but I'm here with my name Paul. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll make sure I put your name on the list. <laughs> That's why I did not never said that I'm not going to Because you won't hear your name called this morning. <laughs> you won't pray for yourself. Someone just tell me my name. Sorry. But you said for the class. Okay. Okay, Deanthea wants you to know that a test, everything went well. Okay, so uh, again, we praise the Lord for answered prayer on her behalf. And uh, good to have you both back again with us. And let's continue to pray that everything remains okay. Okay, so as a dog fails to be disgusted with his own vomit, so a fool is not disgusted with his foolishness. That's why he keeps doing it over and over again. Uh, both have a tendency to do what is vile and disgusting. Uh, they know it, and everybody else knows it, but just like a dog, they continue to go, do, go back to what they've done before, and they won't change their ways. Peter applies this proverb uh, to... He applies this proverb in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 22 uh, to people who experience moral restoration but who are never truly saved. They eventually slip back into their old ways. And I, of course, you would probably remember Pastor Lee saying some time ago uh, there are people who are referred to as having backslidden, but some of them may have gone for forward in the first place. So they, what they, what they call backslidden, they, never, they, they were not really saved. Uh, and so it was just pretend, whatever, and they always always go back to their old ways. And so uh, Peter applies this to this applies the person who is not saved to this proverb as well. Verse twelve. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Okay, who is he talking about? 
What kind of person are you talking about? Okay. A know-it-all, a smarty pants. I was surprised. I was listening to the news this week. One of the numbers for a young guy, he said, as powerful as he is. I heard that. He started his conversation. I, I heard that. As powerful as you are. Why would you say something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what they think. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. That's what he thinks. He thinks because he's doing, he's got all these dollars and he's doing, he's a powerful guy. He said, his words were, as, he said, as powerful as I am, I still have to depend on my team, is what he said. So he thinks of himself as a person of great power. And uh, arrogance, that's the kind of person this, this proverb is talking about. A person who is arrogant is hopeless trying to correct an arrogant people, arrogant people because they think they are above correction, instruction, and reprimand. That's the kind of person that you saw on television talking about how powerful he is. And then one other thing, I don't want to keep going, but, but um, this other guy, the trade union guy, he came on, he said they promised to give him money, you know, the BC workers who want the has to pay. Mm-hmm. But just like Jesus been promising to come for 2,000 years, they've been promising to give him his money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this He's not like the Pope or the Vatican. Why would you say that? It's like you don't believe Jesus is coming because... No, he doesn't. Years and, and he's not saved. A person, that, that's, that's a person who's not saved would say that. Yes. Okay, and... Uh, well, you see, a lot of people use Jesus as a, as a form of ridicule. Okay, and that's what it is. When he makes a statement like that, he's ridiculing the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Uh, you know, the Vatican said recently in a statement that they have given up on Jesus coming back. They've given up on Jesus coming back. He said, they said that Jesus had been promising to come for so many years and he's come, he's not come. They don't think he's coming back. That's a statement by the Vatican. The Bible says no one knows the time or the hour. But again, it tells you who is who is who has faith and who doesn't, who is saved and who is not. And it's very evident by the statements that people make where they are in terms of eternal security. So an ignorant fool is so insistent to to so resistant to advice. Sometimes the only thing that can help them is what a good beating. Sometimes, what the, what the folks you say you can't hear, you will feel. Sometimes that's the only thing that it takes uh, to get a fool's attention. Uh, verse 13 uh, through 16. The lazy man says, There is a lion on the road, a fierce lion is in the streets. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Do you know anybody like that? (laughs) Notice, the lazy person has an imaginary lion that prevents him from going to work. Okay, in other words, he makes up excuses for not working or not wanting to have a job that he can, and then there are people who want jobs and they don't want to work. They fall in the same category as this lazy person. Notice he lies on his bed, then on his stomach, then he repeats the movements back and forth like a door that swings on its hinges. Notice he mentions a door swinging on its hinges. In other words, he does the same thing over and over. 
back and forth, over and over, just like a door that swings on its hinges. And then while he swings with a lot of motion, he makes no progress in getting up. He's moving, he shows signs of life, but he's not getting up. He's not making any progress to be productive in his life, is what he means here. When he finally gets up and sit at the table to eat, he can't muster up enough energy to get the food from the plate to his mouth. You know, so we want somebody to help him with that too. Okay? The epitome of laziness. Okay? Excuse me. People don't want to work. They don't want to work. They want to beg and sponge. They want everybody else to work for them and get handouts. Yeah, when lunchtime comes, then he's going to go and look for lunch for somebody else. But this is the this is the story of the of the lazy person. This is the life of the lazy person. Eating, which is supposed to be a pleasurable experience, turns out to be an exhausting task, according to the proverbs, because he's got the food. But he's too lazy to eat it. He's too lazy to take the, the spoon and put it in the plate and put it to his mouth. Now that's the epitome of laziness. He claims to be smarter. No, he, he can't do that. He claims to be smarter than seven intelligent persons. What the proverb says? Smarter than seven wise counselors. So he claims to be smarter than seven intelligent persons and refuses to change his mind even to a fraction of a degree. Though the advice that he's getting from others is unanimous. In other words, a whole group of people is agreeing on something and giving him the advice and he says, no, 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 you're wrong. Okay, that's the kind of person he's talking about here. He insists that he's not wrong. 
even though seven unanimous persons saying that you're wrong, that's a lazy person and it's also a fool. But notice, people can find every excuse in the world to avoid work. And I'm sure we have heard some of the best ones in our time. Some of the things that people come up with if they really don't want to work. Laziness, however, is more dangerous than a lion on the prowl. And even though they do, they use a lion. Doing little increases the desire to do less. And that's why lazy people end up doing nothing at all. Because the more they do nothing, the more they don't want to do anything at all. A little, they don't want to do anything. And so they desire to do nothing by doing less, resulting in uselessness. In other words, you could say they are good for nothing, practically, literally. Just a few tiny steps is required to overcome laziness and bring about change. What are those steps? Set a solid, practical goal. Some people don't even think logically enough to do that. Outline the needed steps to accomplish it and follow the steps, the set steps that have been set out and pray for the power and determination to prevent you from becoming useless because of making excuses. And that needs to be applicable to so many people in our, in our land today who look to others a bit of refuse to do anything for themselves. Verse 17. Don't get mixed up in someone's house fight as you are passing by. That's like picking your dog up. The Americans are, are, are good at this one. Um, and we are here again pretty good at it too. You know, something is happening, someone is in trouble, they don't want to get involved. Uh, even though they could come to the rescue and assist someone, they don't want to get involved. But this is talking about an argument. You know, you see two people fighting, and uh, you want to be a good Samaritan, uh, you want to be a good neighbor, you want to be a brother's keeper. Uh, there's a warning here about being, even being careful about doing that, uh, how we go about it. One sure way to, be, to get bitten by a dog is by yanking his ears, right? Uh, children uh, go and they play with a dog and, and they do something to the dog that the dog gets in defensive mode. Uh, my daughter had a hamster and she picked the hamster up one day and the hamster looked like it was going to his head fell back like it was going to fall over and she grabbed his head and he sunk his teeth right into her thumb, a finger, right? And uh, she could hardly get that hamster off, you know, and uh, she went to the doctor and, and uh, they had to do a whole lot, cut into the thing and, and whatever. So she uh, gave the hamster, she donated the hamster uh, to the Adventure Learning Center. And she told them that this, this, this hamster bit me. So you need to be careful, you know, you may not want the children to handle him. All right? So uh, this has been a couple of weeks now. And um, well, of course we asked him if, they, if they'll take it. And Mark said, yeah, we'll take it. And uh, the following week, Mark says, you know, I, I handled that hamster this week and he didn't bite me. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then last week he said again, he said, boy, the hamster's still doing good. You know, because last week I gave him all the food and stuff that, that we had for the hamster. Uh, he said, it didn't bite me, so he's okay. The point I'm making is, whenever an animal has to defend itself, that's what it does. It'll bite you. You yank a dog by the ears, he's going he's gonna to defend himself. Now, the way my daughter held it, she, thought, she said she felt it was going to fall. And she grabbed his head, and that threatened the hamster. So he defended himself. 
and he bit her. Okay, but the same thing applies here with regards to yanking a dog's ears or even a dog's tail. You know how many times have you heard of children playing with an animal and they yank the dog by his tail and the dog attacked them? Okay, so one sure way to get bitten by a dog is by yanking his ears. And interfering in the arguments of others is a sure, certain, definite way to get hurt. Okay, now we've heard stories, haven't we? Where someone went to help two people or intervene in a fight and who gets injured? Or who gets killed? The person who tried to help, right? That always happens. Either that the person gets killed or get hurt, or what usually happens is that the interferer gets attacked by the two persons who he's trying to intervene on behalf of. And we've seen that happen in, in cases with, with domestic violence. Or a husband and wife get in a domestic uh, altercation and, and someone goes in there to try to intervene and both the husband and wife attack the attack uh, the person who tried to help. Okay, and so we need to be careful. The best thing to do is to keep out of arguments that are none of your business. Good advice. If you feel compelled to get involved, wait until the fighting stops and the arguers have cooled off or cooled down or calmed down or whatever. Only then you might, you might, might be able to help them sort out their differences and parts of their relationship. So here again is some good practical advice from Proverbs. Uh, contrary to some of the things that we like to know, I know we want to be good neighbors, we want to be helpful, but you also need to use common sense. Common sense. And that's what this whole part, the whole book of Proverbs is Common sense. Living. You know, you may, you may regret that one person injured the person to a certain extent, but, you know, pacify that regret by thinking that the person who got injured could have been you. And that would make you feel better. Verse 18 and 19. Like a I don't know if any of you have ever been in that situation. Someone did something to you and it was really harmful and disgusting, irritating, and then they say, oh, I was just joking. Have it ever happened to anybody? Yeah. Boy, that's irritating, isn't it? It is. But that's what he's talking about. Notice how the brothers covers everything. It covers every single thing. Okay, like a crazy man who fires a deadly weapon is a person who deals with his friend deceitfully and after the damage is done says, oh, I was just joking. Okay, that's like a person with a deadly weapon. Okay, this is as serious as excusing murder as a joke. That's how serious it is. You murder somebody and then you say, oh, I was just joking. The person's already dead. In other words, the damage is already done. It's not a laughing matter. Okay, this proverb can also apply to being reckless in a courtship or a relationship or an engagement. And uh, we've heard stories recently about persons who uh, got engaged and the way they broke the engagement. Uh, but this proverb can also apply to situations like that. Everything is not a laughing matter. And we need to be careful on how we treat others. Uh, a practical joker would probably do something like that. Stay away from those kind of people. Okay, uh, we come to chapter 26 and verse 21 and 20 to 21. Verse 2 verses 20 and 21. Without wood, fire goes out. 
Okay, now what does uh, fuel do to a fire? It keeps it going, right? You want to keep a fire going? Just add fuel to it. And so in the same way that fuel feeds a fire, trouble is fed by gossip. It always is fed by gossip, nothing else. Trouble will quickly die out unless irritation, gossip, and lies are not added by troublemakers. Three elements. Irritation, gossip, and lies. Added to any situation will cause trouble. Um, there's a story that was uh, printed in the Atlanta Journal newspaper some years ago. And it says, as follows, it says, I am more deadly than the screaming shell of a howitzer. I win without killing. I tear down homes, break hearts, wreck lives. I travel on the wings of the wind. No innocence is strong enough to intimidate me. No purity pure enough to daunt me. I have no regard for truth, no respect for justice, no mercy for the defenseless. My victims are as numerous as the sands of the sea, and often as innocent. I never forget and seldom forgive. My name is Gossip. Powerful, isn't it? And that is so true, but a lot of people don't realize that. Chatting about each small frustration and bits of gossip does nothing but keep the fires of anger raging. Avoid gossip. Right. Never repeat what somebody said to you if you don't know the facts. I read a statement last week that said, and then when it comes to you with gossip, you be careful what you say because they can take your gossip when they go. Exactly. They are going to spread it. Exactly. Not only that, they will attribute to you the gossip that they themselves have come up with. Okay, they're going to say, boy, let me tell you what Brother, 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 brother David said about you last week. <laughs> and he never said a word. It was them who said it. Watch out for people like that. The fuel light is only cut by the fire, cut, cut, and the fire dies out by refusing to talk about what somebody else has said to you in gossip. So avoid it. And so if you're constantly irritated by someone, refuse to complain about them. And watch the irritation die from a lack of fuel. You have the power. You have the fuel. Don't use it. That's what he is saying. And then uh, verse 22. The words of tailbearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. Now this is a repeat of Proverbs 18.8, because we saw this before. And uh, it's repeated here, uh, again for emphasis, uh, gossip is eaten up like tasty treats by fallen human nature. Fallen human nature, uh, gossip is a, is a delight for fallen human nature. Okay, the Adamic nature. Whenever we resort to gossip, we are acting like the old man instead of the new man. Let's remember that, because uh, the fallen nature desires gossip more than anything else. 
Okay, verses 23 to 26. Okay, this one is a mouthful. We're going to stop here because our time is gone. I just noticed the clock. We're going to pick up at this one uh, when we come back uh, because there's a lot to this we want to get into. We don't have the time for it right now.